a divided Manitoba. Is this the result of incompetence or was it done on purpose? This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Welcome back to another show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Quick question, have you guys been personally labeled over the past few months, either on social media or in person? And I'm referring to people like friends or family or coworkers, not the government or the media. They've already done an excellent job in dividing the population into two groups, while at the same time telling us that we are all in this together. I mean, it's rather hilarious. I could tell you personally on social media, I'm obviously labeled right away, uh, like most of you listening, I'm sure, but maybe not, so let me know in the comments below. But right off the bat, I'm called an anti-vaxxer and a conspiracy theorist. And the best one is I'm told that I would, quote, never make it in radio, as if me having a podcast means I would ever want to do radio. Uh, First of all, you can't swear, so I would definitely be not in uh, be able to make it but that's like thinking that everyone who has a youtube channel wants to be an actor like it doesn't make any sense but like i said manitoba either way i want to hear from you uh have you guys been personally labeled because uh one of the funniest things i've seen on social media is people who have had two doses are still being called anti-vaxxers just because they're against the vaccine mandate so like i said uh, people are so quick to label But either way, Manitoba, let me know. All right, Manitoba, what a week it has been. I keep going uh, back and forth on whether the people here in charge of Manitoba are completely and utterly incompetent or they're just friggin' geniuses. And this is the exact outcome that they were looking for here in the province. Not once during this pandemic has anything the government did made any sense. Um, Not to me anyways. And it definitely didn't have anything to do with science, that's for sure. I don't even think that they tote that BS line anymore, science-based. They've now moved on to, it's for the children. And the reason I question whether it's incompetence or done on purpose is because Rusin and the government, they have the same numbers that we have. They see the same COVID numbers. They see the same job numbers. They see the same small businesses suffering the same city and provincial services struggling, they see the legal obstacles and the costs associated with it, and most important, they see the Manitobans and the number of Manitobans who are struggling due to matters completely unrelated to COVID-19, yet they still continue. It seems like every sector in the province that is currently struggling, that's where the government, city and provincial, keep hitting with new restrictions and requirements. And this is causing way more harm, way more harm than COVID ever would. Um, And this is how fast it snowballs, at least here in the city of Winnipeg. As of last Monday, Winnipeg firefighters and paramedics now have to disclose their vaccination status through a COVID-19 screening protocol. And we all know we have uh, Mayor Bowman in charge, and he hasn't stopped the man in the province to do his dirty work and mandate vaccines uh, for him since the beginning. And he wants the province to do that for him through the public health orders. And he has already replaced his deputy mayor, Vivian Santos, for not not being double-dosed in his attempt to, quote, 
convince Winnipeggers to get inoculated. So that's where it starts. It starts off with certain services, but that's already not enough. City Councilor for Fort Rouge, East Fort Gary, Sherry Rollins, already wanted to take it further and says that all city staff should have to disclose their uh, vaccination status and wants to see vaccines mandatory for all frontline city staff. Quote, vaccines prevent hospitalizations, period. And so anti-vax protests that are happening are demoralizing, and so I don't have a lot of patience for that sort of thing, end quote. Like, fuck you. You don't have a lot of patience for the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Personal choice? Medical freedom? Like, are you insane? Like, fuck you, Rollins. Who do, you, who do these people think they are? City of Winnipeg Councillor, give me a break. It was like two weeks ago when they were coming up with articles highlighting the fact that our paramedics are already at the breaking point. Overtime, non-stop calls, not taking breaks, eating in their vehicles. Now you want to put further strain on the system by demanding vaccines for all workers and possibly firing employees based on personal medical choices? Personal medical choices that don't even stop the transmission of the disease? Like I said, Manitoba, is this incompetence or done on purpose? It was only three months ago when the government was telling us that the public needed to be vaccinated to help out our quote-unquote hero frontline workers. Now, the government is telling us that our frontline workers need to be vaccinated to help out our quote-unquote vulnerable public. Like, look how fast they lost hero status once the narrative has changed. They don't give two shits about you, your job, your family, nothing. They just used you as a talking point, and now that you're no longer needed, they already forgot about you. You are now already part of the problem. So a little less uh, than a week later, the city of Winnipeg will require all staff who have ongoing direct contact with the public to be fully vaccinated. From CBC News, City of Winnipeg to require COVID-19 vaccination for staff who work regularly with the public. The vaccine requirement will apply to those working in public safety, community protection, recreation services, public transportation, and public-facing customer services roles, a Tuesday news release from the city says. Staff who work in these positions are expected to be fully vaccinated by November 15th, the news release says. The city uh, says that they must have their first shot by September 30th and their second dose by October 28th, allowing for two weeks for the second dose to become fully effective. That means all employees would be considered fully vaccinated by November 11th. We need time to gather proof of immunization, which is why November 15th was selected as the date in which staff who work in identified positions will be required to be fully vaccinated, a city spokesman said in an email to CBC. The municipality will begin asking for vaccination status from affected employees starting next week. The city will look into options for staff who are not vaccinated, including frequent COVID-19 testing or reassignment to a role that does not involve contact with the public, Michael Jack, the city's chief administrative officer, said in a news conference Tuesday. The city will also set up mobile vaccination clinics for employees who haven't yet gotten their shots to make it easier for them to do so. All employees were notified about the requirement Tuesday, Jack said. 
The city has been looking into vaccination requirements for its staff since vaccines became available in Manitoba and consulted with unions and the province in the process, he said. Quote, implementing this vaccine requirement was not a decision we took lightly, end quote. Jack said the city doesn't know how many of its nearly 10,000 employees are not yet vaccinated. The provincial government issued its own vaccine mandate for uh, many public-facing employees last month, including teachers, healthcare workers, and childcare workers. Though city officials were weighing a vaccine mandate for months, they were waiting to see if the province's mandate would cover city employees as well, said City Mayor Brian Bowman. Last month, United Firefighters of Winnipeg President Alex Forrest said his union strongly supports the vaccine mandate, especially since firefighters are in close contact with people in their day-to-day work. Romeo Ignacio of the Amalgamated Transit Union Local 1505, which represents many Winnipeg Transit employees, says generally his union supports the mandate as well. Quote, the majority of our members are cognizant of the fact that this is helping them, especially because they are public-facing. They need the protection, he said, end quote. It's not just one layer of protection that we think will help move us forward to getting past COVID-19. However, some unvaccinated members are worried that they could lose their jobs, the ATU president said. The union is working with the city on how to deal with those members on a case-by-case basis. There's just no playbook for this one, he said. Based on a recent survey, Ignacio said he estimates about 90% of transit workers uh, that the union represents are already vaccinated. So that's it from CBC. Look how fast it snowballs. It starts off with one sector, and then you get a few city councillors complaining, causing some noise. And now all city staff have to be. It's unreal. People are going to lose their jobs just like Vivian Santos. So here in the province, we have city councillors and Manitoba public health officers trying to be dictators, and we have doctors once again trying to be politicians. Or another way of saying it is doctors are trying to be elected officials. And that's the key part. Elected officials have someone to answer to. They could be held accountable for their actions. And real fast, guys, if you're taking medical advice from your politicians and listening to politics from your doctors, you're doing it wrong. But earlier this month, about a dozen medical professionals, and in the article it says experts, but the media is very loose with that term when it fits the narrative, so I'll just call them professionals, I'll give them that much. But either way, they sent a letter to Audrey Gordon, Manitoba's health minister, giving full support of the mask. Uh, and vaccine mandates set out, uh, set out by the province, but with five additional steps that uh, the province should take right away, according to them. And they're ridiculous. Step one, urgently evaluate and remediate ventilation and filtration in classrooms, stating that school band singing and contact short uh, sports should be postponed. So, I mean, they have no concept on how much time, manpower, and money that would cost. And they have no concept, I guess, on how that affects our youth's mental well-being. Canceling all those programs? And these are fucking doctors? I mean, Jesus. But step two, expand vaccine mandate to include first responders. And I would say they have no concept of our Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and no concept of the work shortages and wait times 
that we are already experiencing here in the province. Step three, legislate full paid sick leave for infected and quarantined Manitoba workers. Completely no concept of cost. Like, who, these are fucking doctors. Remember that. They're not politicians. They're not legislators. They're not lawmakers. Step four, increase capacity to COVID-19 testing and tracing. I'm going to say these doctors have no concept of how inaccurate PCR testing is, which is currently the kind of testing that we're doing here in the province of Manitoba. And step five, urgent, oh my God, urgently consider having a third vaccine dose available for high-risk individuals, including immunocompromised individuals, the elderly living in communal settings, and frontline healthcare workers. So I'll say they just have no concept of reality. I mean, how many shots until people realize that this is a never-ending thing? And how long until they want to mandate the third shot and claim that people who only have two doses are now considered unvaxxed and dangerous? You know what I mean? And, and they'll be now relegated to being a second-class citizen. It seems like apparently during a pandemic here in Manitoba, everyone automatically becomes an expert in everything. Like, and every, you know what? <laughs> we should not be giving our government any more ability to do anything. Every step of the way, they screw up. Everything they touch, even when they try to help, they screw up and divide Manitobans. In the midst of going from being a hero to being a problem, and then if you get double-dosed, back to being a hero again, a group of nurses is calling out the government saying they are not doing enough to address staffing shortages and uh, vaccine mandates is not going to help. But either way, the group of nurses claim that they are constantly working short-staffed and being mandated with no end in sight resulting in burnout. They are asking the province why urgent care nurses are being excluded from a pay premium that ER nurses received back in mid-August, and that's a $6 an hour bump. NDP leader Wab Canoe is accusing the conservatives of alienating nurses that are needed on the job and ignoring one of the strongest incentive tools, a financial incentive. And, of course, the NDP just want to throw money at the problem. And that's what they do. And that's our money, by the way. But welcome to the club feeling alienated. A huge portion of Manitobans have been feeling pretty alienated for a long time now, and that's getting no support from the media and no support from any of the federal parties other than the PPC, which in turn gets no support from the media. Like, it's all a fucking joke, man. And, and these Manitobans aren't feeling alienated because of missing out on a pay raise. They're feeling that way because they're missing out on a paycheck. Like, you know what I mean? Remember back when it was okay to tell thousands of Manitobans that their job and their businesses weren't essential, and therefore it's okay to shut them down completely? And I'm not saying this because I'm against the nurses or our frontline workers. I'm thankful for them. I'm just pointing out the absurdity and the incompetence from our government. But Manitoba, whether you believe all this is done out of incompetence or whether it's done on purpose, 
whether you're for the vaccine mandate or against it, whether you're a liberal or a PPC supporter or anything in between, this next article I'm about to read to you should be a wake-up call. And I'm going to read to you the whole article, so if you've already read it, I apologize, just skip ahead a minute or two. Um, but this is what the province of Manitoba does. Manitoba delays deployment of COVID-19 vaccination clinics to schools. Program weeks behind after province took extra time to determine how to immunize kids without parental consent. Like, this is unfucking real. Uh, from CBC. A plan to send COVID-19 vaccination clinics to Manitoba schools has been delayed because the province took extra time to decide how to provide shots to students who don't have parental consent. The vaccination clinics announced on August 5th will not be deployed until the week of September 20 or later, according to a provincial memo obtained by CBC News. Although most students returned to class earlier this week, education officials have yet to inform many schools about the clinics or even draft a letter to parents about the clinics, according to the memo. Some clinics that have been scheduled are being cancelled and must be rescheduled. The delay stemmed from uncertainty, uncertainty, about how students under the age of 18 can provide consent to get their own shots at the school clinics, the way some minors have been accommodated at vaccination super sites, according to a separate Manitoba public health memo. Due to ongoing discussions uh, and pending de decisions associated with mature minor consent in school settings, the start date of the school-based COVID program is delayed. The initial clinic dates will also be delayed accordingly. When further information is available, a new timeline will be established. It is important to continue with the planning process so that we are ready to implement cases uh, once approvals are received. Since May, kids aged 16 or 17 have been able to obtain COVID shots at supersites without parental consent if they are deemed to understand the consequences. I'll just say really fast, who deems that? You know, don't you think that, that maybe the parent should be involved in this decision? I'll continue. So kids aged 12 to 15 who understand the consequences. Oh, Jesus Christ, let me reread that. Since May, kids aged 16 or 17 have been able to obtain COVID shots at super sites without parental consent if they are deemed to understand the consequences. So can age kids aged 12 to 15, but only after public health nurses try to contact their parent or guardian. That is unbelievable. A 12-year-old? Only kids aged 16 and older will be given COVID shots at the clinics during school hours if they don't have parental consent, according to one of the provincial memos. I'm going to say real fast, for now. And how long is that, is that going to change before, you know, how long is it going to take before that changes? Pub Manitoba Public Health declined to, comment, uh, uh, declined to confirm the policy. Thoughtful discussions among many affected groups have taken place with respect to the school-based vaccination campaign. It was important to reach consensus prior to moving forward, a provincial spokesman said in a statement. Information letters will be going out to school communities and parents this week. Public health would 
not say uh, why regular parental consent forms for COVID-19 vaccines were not completed before the school year. Consent forms for other vaccines available in the school are already online. The delay in administering COVID-19 vaccines in schools effectively stymies a provincial effort to ensure more lower-income students have access to vaccines. In early August, the medical lead of the vaccine implementation team said Manitoba is ruling out a school-based COVID-19 immunization campaign to address barriers some families faced in getting their kids vaccinated. Dr. Josh Reimer said the mobile clinics will make stops in all schools with students aged 12 to 17, but will start in areas with lower vaccine uptake, the province said in a letter. Getting youth vaccinated as soon as possible is our priority, so we're going to leverage our strong school immunization program to also include COVID-19 vaccines, Reimer said on August 5th. On Tuesday, Deputy Provincial Public Health Officer Dr. Jazz Atwell said he expects COVID-19 infection rates to rise in Manitoba now that school is back. Quote, with schools opening up, we now, we know we're going to have a lot more interactions with people. We anticipate, obviously, there will be more cases just because there's going to be those interactions, end quote. So there you have it, Manitoba. That's what our schools are doing, trying to figure out ways how to immunize our kids without parental consent. That drives me up the fucking wall. I'm sure like most of you guys as well. This is why our government should not be given any more authority, really in anything they do. It's astonishing how many rights and freedoms that they're willing to take away under the guise of COVID. Individual rights, parental rights, employee rights, all for safety, they keep saying. Trust the experts, they tell us. But. Don't trust all experts, only our experts. It's ridiculous. They want you to pay no attention to anyone or anything that contradicts anything Rusin or the Manitoba government has laid forth. If you go read the affidavit of Joel Kettner for the case of the, that the JCCF brought against Rusin and the government, and that's on behalf of seven churches and a few other people, his testimony is pretty clear. He disagrees with the actions Rusin has taken, and he demonstrates that Rusin has failed to show that these orders are actually effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19. He showed that Rusin failed to take public health as a whole and only focused on specific areas, thus ignoring all other health issues created by these health lockdowns and restrictions. And Joel Kettner is definitely an expert. I will read to you part of the affidavit where he lists his expertise. So, and remember, this is Joel Kettner. I am an associate professor in the Department of Community Health Sciences at the College of Medicine, University of Manitoba. I hold Canadian Royal College Fellowship Certificates in Public Health and Preventative Medicine, as well as General Surgery. I have Master of Science in Epidemiology from the London School of Hygiene and Topical Medicine, University of London, United Kingdom. My previous employments include Chief Medical Officer of Health and Chief Public Health Officer of the Province of Manitoba, 1999-2012, Regional Medical Health Officer of Health in Urban, Rural, and Northern Parts of Manitoba, 1990-1999, and Clinical Work in General Practice Emergency Urgent Care Medicine. 
As part of my 12-year tenure as Manitoba's Chief Medical Officer of Health, I led the province's public health response to several outbreaks, including SARS, coronavirus 1, and the H1N1 pandemic influenza. Following SARS outbreak, I was part of the Canadian delegation to the World Health Organization special meeting in Geneva to develop the fourth edition of the International Health Regulation, which introduced the concept, definition, and expectations of countries during a public health emergency of international concern. I played a leading role at the World Health Organization Pan-American Health Organization Special H1N1 meeting in Washington, D.C. Following my tenure as Chief Medical Health Officer, I undertook a number of relevant roles and responsibilities, including Scientific Director of Public Health Agency of Canada's National Collaborating Centre for Infectious Diseases, Medical Director of the International Centre for Infectious Disease in Winnipeg, Board Director of the Canadian Public Health Association, and President of the Public Health Physicians of Canada. Specifically, relevant roles at the University of Manitoba have included Director of the Medical College Undergraduate Program in Community Health Sciences and Director of the Master's in Public Health Program. I continue to teach public health and epidemiology at the undergraduate, graduate, and postgraduate levels. During the COVID-19 pandemic, I have been active organizing learning events and providing expert opinion and a dialogue in a variety of academic and public media platforms. So, like I said, Joel Kettner is an expert. I'm going to read to you part of his summary and conclusion. The whole thing is like a 75-page document. Uh, It's super interesting, so you should go read it in your spare time if you're interested. But he basically sums it up into five questions. Number one, has the PCR test and have the PCR test results and other methods been used in a reasonable and reliable way to estimate accurately frequency of infections, fatality rate of infections, hospitalizations, deaths, and years of life lost attributed to COVID-19, and to justify the reasonable necessity of restrictions of rights and freedoms, including quarantine and isolation? And he answers no. Have the public health orders which have been restricted rights and freedoms of people at very low risk for severe illness or death been shown to be reasonably necessary, fair, and sufficiently effective with reference to the public health standards to protect those at higher risk and to maintain hospital capacity for all Manitobans? And he answers that with no. Has it been shown reasonably by the respondents, and that's Rusin and the government, by use of valid models and other methods that alternatively less restrictive strategies could have been achieved better health outcomes with less harm? And he answers no. Have the respondents demonstrated how they have ensured that the restrictions of their policies have been no greater than reasonably necessary in accordance with public health standards by anticipating, considering, estimating, and surveilling the observed health and social harms of the restrictions, including the impact on all detriments of health? And the answer is no. Have the respondents reasonably explained their estimation of the absolute or actual and relative risk of transmission of COVID-19 casually associated with attending church services? And his answer is no. And his conclusion To meet the requirements and standards of good public health practice, 
The respondents are required to show that the severity of the threat has justified the restrictive interventions, that the effectiveness and benefits of the interventions have sufficiently outweighed the harms, and that uh, there were no alternative strategies that would have been less restrictive, equally or more effective, and less harmful. This report has provided evidence and arguments that the affidavits of the respondents show that the severity of the threat has not been scientifically estimated, that the effectiveness of the restrictions have not been scientifically evaluated, that the harms caused by the restrictions have not been systematically assessed, and that alternative less restrictive interventions have not been described or compared with the restrictive interventions. Accurate estimates have not been described of the illness severity, premature deaths, years of lost life, and pressure on the health system that can be attributed to COVID-19. Its impact appears to be overestimated. Similarly, accurate estimates have not been described of the harms associated with the restrictive policies. Their harms impact appear to have been underestimated. Finally, accurate estimates of the effectiveness of the restrictive policies have not been described sufficiently to justify their continuation without more rigorous evaluation. Their effectiveness appears to have been overestimated. So there you have it, Manitoba. That is a expert completely dis- disagreeing with Rusin and the current government's narrative um, that, that they keep hammering down us that all these restrictions are necessary. You know what I mean? I mean, there is a difference of opinion. Well, Manitoba, as we near the October 31st deadline for a lot of these provincial uh, workers and the newly November 11th deadline for the city workers um, to be double-dosed or undergo multiple tests per week, these anti-vaccine mandate rallies are just going to keep increasing in size and frequency. And there were multiple popping up throughout the province last week. Um, And that's whether they're being held in front of the hospitals or in front of the legislative building. These are not going to stop until these draconian orders go away. People are not going to just give in. And with our schools doing shady vaccination policy stuff and um, continuing to divide the students, Um, There's going to be more and more unhappy uh, school parents here in the province, and and that's for multiple different reasons. One of the latest being Louis Riel School Division is now drafting a policy that will require anyone 12 years of age and up to be double-dosed or undergo testing 48 hours prior to an activity in order to participate in any extracurricular activity. So... In Manitoba, first they went uh, for the adults with taking away their source of income. And now they're going uh, for the kids in taking away any and all activities away from them. It's unreal. You know, it's actually really sad what Manitoba is doing. Divide, divide, divide. What do you guys think, Manitoba? Is this incompetence or was this done on purpose? And is this the result that they were looking for? You know what I mean? Like I said at the very beginning, I go back and forth. But Manitoba, that is going to do it for today's show. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I really do appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show. Like I said, it really does help. Follow me on Twitter at MBFreeThinker. Manitoba Freethinker Podcast for Facebook and YouTube. I don't upload all shows on YouTube. I'm on most podcast platforms. If you can't find me, you can always go to my website at mbfreethinker.wordpress.com and you can find all the links to all my shows there. Thank you so much, Manitoba. I love you guys and I'll catch you in a few days. Bye. Bye.